Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gap fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, mm. culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, we're like when you meet someone on Grinder and have the best chat ever and you're excited for them to come over and you douche until the water is clear and it takes a little longer than normal because you've kind of had a big day, but it's your... <laughs> Finally, you're perfect, and you're just sitting there waiting with your butt plug in until we arrive at TBH. We passed out an hour ago and block you when we wake up in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I wrote that. I did that one. You have no <laughs> that idea. That was it. How Triggered. Done. Triggered. Angry. That <laughs> and that is not our podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. That, hell, that was taken from my memoir. Uh, <laughs> I show up. I am there when the calendar invite says I will be there. Okay. That, that is, is friends so legacy. Oh okay, there, okay, to be real, there is nothing more infuriating than when you douche for someone that does not show up. Absolutely. Oh, yes. 100%. Absolutely. oh my God. God. Especially when you could just tell that the douche took. You know what I mean? Like this was a because sometimes you sometimes you're a little worried. About and it, it. It's even more infuriating when you're like, oh, I want to make it special, and I don't eat for eight hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, I starred myself for eight hours, yeah. and you didn't even show up. And then you end up. So if you're like me, you end up then going on the app and trying to find someone else, and it's just exhausting mm-hmm. and infuriating, infuriating, and you end up plowing yourself with a butt plug, which is fun. Which is and fun. you're like, it's I good. Have, at that point, just just call it good and order a pizza i have actually in. one time that that ha- this all of this happened to me didn't eat for eight hours was really excited about it like douche and everything and then he texted me like an hour before and i was like i'm sorry baby i'm not like feeling it right now and i sent him the hottest video of well redacted and, <laughs> and um he was like Oh, oh my gosh! I guess I can come over, and I was like, "No, you can't." I guess, yeah. Bitch, that train. Yeah, he was. He immediately no. was like, "He was like, oh, I can get a new bracket," and I said, "No, you can't. No, no. I'm in for the night. Mm-hmm. I wow. have already ordered a fried fish sandwich." See, because that is self-respect. Mm-hmm. I fully would have yes. done it for the dick. I would have been yeah. like, "Come on over, baby. No. Come on, get no, over no, here. No. You, you, you <laughs> can truly really would have touched." I the one of the okay, it sucks, but the post eight hour fast meal. Once you're like, okay, so this isn't happening, that is the shit. Yes. That is better yes. than sex <laughs> every time. Yeah. There is no sublime euphoria greater than you had the best fuck session after eight hours of starving yourself, and you're like, I'm eating the fuck out of this burrito. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think Teeps, I mean, in a way, Teeps is probably also happy when he gets bailed on because then no one is coming yeah, over to his house. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> you ordered it anyways. Yeah. 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 Oh. I don't, what I don't like, what I don't like is the making, it's, it's a part of it is like the, 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 the getting ready, the ritual and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I hate having somebody waste my time, especially um, if you've gotten to the point where you're vetted and I'm like, okay, you can. Come over. We yeah. can make mm-hmm. this happen. And then I'm spurned. Mm, X is forever. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, but I, I'm always about optimizing time. Like when, uh, but, but after you have come, after we have both come, 
I am already on my phone ordering Greek food. Just like I'm fully, <laughs> just like before you even leave, I've ordered the food. And, and I haven't, and I haven't ordered it for you. No, 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 no. Just for me. Yeah, but I mean, the goal really is to get it in to to get them out the door before, before the food, the food arrives, comes. Oh, which yeah. is it kind of adds a nice little fun like kind of timetable to it. For the Pisces out there, go. you can cook them dinner no. after you. I, with, no, the, uh, the first listen with my he, current bow, mm-hmm. we plowed. I plowed him into oblivion, made him scream his own name. Oh god! And then we went to get kanji. It was great. If you Kanji's do it right, just, uh, never mind. If you <laughs> if you plow me right, I cannot move. So. Like, there is no going to get food. <laughs> there is no making of food in the kitchen. There is only you stay long enough to open the door to bring the food to me in my bed, and then you have to see yourself out. One time I did date a baker, like a pastry chef, and we had the most... He, like, showed me... (laughs) It was. He, like, showed me how to make a pastry. He, like, kind of showed me how he did, yeah, his basic pastry for a pie, and he was, like, making this pie, and, like, it was very romantic. He had, like, he was shirtless. He He had flour all over his body, and, like, he put the pie in the oven. We had the best hour and a half long fuck session and after we were done there was the pie. pie was ready yes, yes yeah yes. and we had pie it was beautiful That's he ideal. ended up having serious daddy issues and anger management like problems but it was great because gay yeah yeah <laughs> wait a pathological man has good sex wow no. No. <laughs> thing about the crazies is they None fuck crazy that. good yeah. they do <laughs> they really do <laughs> Uh, hey everybody, I am Tommy Teebs, Pico, indigenous American poet, screenwriter, all the things, and I'm currently drawing Garfield from memory, it's, and it's, it's terrifying. It's, it's true. It oh, is true. I, I was watching that happen line by line through this record sesh, and it has been very stressful thank for you, me. Thank you. I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and I want to think of myself as Virgin Airlines, but I know in reality I'm spirit. Mm. <laughs> I charge you to look at a glass of water. I will make wow. you miserable for hours. I will lose your bag. And I'm, charge you extra for I'm, I am sky trash. Yeah. All of this is true, and yet I can't see you being that happy to engage in capitalistic behavior. Uh, oh, true. It's ruining the planet as well, so you're right. I'm uh, a grounded spirit airlines white. I am Fran. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. And I know that Joe is not Spirit Airlines. He is Wow Air, which had to shut down for structural reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Their $99 flights, it was not sustainable. And they were like, you know what? This was a cute idea. Bankruptcy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Bye-bye. That is hilarious. Wow, we brought up Spirit Airlines, and I hate Spirit Airlines with a passion. I'm Den Michelle. I'm a reader and a writer, a former figure skater, and um, it's time for me to come clean. I do have Panda Express delivered to my apartment. Whoa. I, I thought you were going to start singing Hillary Duff, and I was very excited. <laughs> come clean. Oh. Uh, this week, oh, we're going to get our coin purses out. Oh, We're getting into our daddy issues, and we get a little help from our four-legged friends. Ow, ow, ow. Woof, woof. All right, I'm feeling a little bit peckish, so let's start the top of this show the way every good top should with our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. This week, we're getting out of coin purses, benches. It's time for Penny for your thoughts. Woo! Don't take any of our advice. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to preempt this by saying, you know, this is unqualified. Don't do what we say. This is infotainment. (laughs) Infotainment. (laughs) Infotainment. Yes. Our first question goes like this. 
So I've been dealing with being a tall yet submissive bottom. Oh, I'm definitely six- not relatable to me not at all. all. <laughs> no, I'm six two, but feel as if this is a hindrance in the dating scene. Even with guys that are my height, they think I'm too tall to be. They think I'm too tall to be dominated. Even my exes would swoon over short and petite guys, to, which would make me feel like a meager fuckable ogre. I think this means oh. unfuckable ogre. Yes, I think so too. Yes. Okay. Um, story time. Yesterday, I went to meet a guy at his place. We were just sitting, smoking and drinking, but the vibe was totally off. I was like, why is this man not making a move? And we sat there in silence for a minute or two. And then this guy says to me, yeah, I think you're attractive and all, but I'm more attracted to shorter and submissive guys. And that was it. I was taken back. I was taken aback a bit as I had already told him that I was 6'2 before meeting him, to which he didn't comment. I'm not sure if this is a question or just a rant, but can you give me some guidance about being a tall, thoughty bottom? Am I doomed to become a top? LOL. Well, oh. which seemed very Carrie Bradshaw oh. to me. Am I doomed to become a top? <laughs> I couldn't help but wonder. I, I mean, well, first of all, it is so ass backwards and not this person's fault, but like gay culture's fault at large. Yes, I'm making a blanket statement um, that like this person has been so discouraged yeah. by the politic of the top, bottom, tall, short binary yeah. that they feel they have to change their preference. Yeah, That yeah. sucks. You should never, ever, ever. Everyone should be exploring. Everyone should be experiencing as much as they yeah. can and want to. But you don't have to change what you want because um of this shitty person other people's desires being fucked up mm-hmm. this is an mm-hmm. other people problem not a you problem exactly not a problem. i had i my first um we were never officially boyfriends but my first kind of consistent fuck bud boyfriend ish person was six five femme 100 bottom Mm-hmm. Um, and you know because I'm verse he was a verse bottom when we were fucking but um, really and was was submissive and I thought it was so fucking hot I love gender fuck weirdness mm-hmm. I love a, 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 a femme top even I love a tall bottom I love it anything that kind of it's hot to me yeah. to, to when things are not what I'm expecting uh, and I really thought that there was more space as the time goes by for people that are more like that, that little by little we're realizing how those expectations are fucked up. But mm-hmm. I guess not. I don't know. It just, I know there are people out there for this person. Yeah. I know this person will be able to find people that accepts them as they are. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm being very essentializing, but I, I, for me personally, like, I've reached, I've hit a problem similar to this one before, Mm -hmm. not to that severity. That's really wild. But I, I will say ridding yourself or rather trying to avoid this, try this kind of interaction Mm -hmm. starts with, uh, no longer fucking men and just fucking faggots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there, like this is a man thing. This is a toxic person who yeah. has not yet worked through the um the kind of like things that you work through when you're trying to rid yourself of like um you know a, a colonized desire or a yeah. desire that just is way too rigid to enjoy itself. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And so it's like you you have to like you you will start to find people that will just like want to fuck you for you yeah we said mm-hmm. this before in the podcast everybody is somebody's type yes, yes. that is 100 true and i have found a lot of people who fucking love tall bottoms yes. let me yes. tell you they we they exist. exist love teams i feel like you're triggered by this question. i was a little bit like taken aback because it seems so bygone to me mm-hmm. that's what yeah. i felt 
Like it's but so maybe, antiquated, it's, but I guess yeah. the kids are still feeling this way. It's yeah. because we surround ourselves with and fuck faggots. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's, that's also true. true. That's I mean, true. I think it, maybe the, the the lesson for this person is that um, they they. You know, and it says that their exes were like this too. So I think this yeah. this person might have just a little bit of um, work to do to find the right community. Yeah, yes. I think about yeah. the the my first experience of of gayness, gay maleness in New York, and trying to situate myself in Manhattan, for example, and being mm-hmm. like, that's not that's not my ministry. That's not where I go. I don't go into those places and feel like there are people who want to have sex with me. So I go to different places. Yeah. 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 I also have had in my grinder bio and I think my other dating profiles as well for a long time, my bio says fags only. Mm -hmm. And it is my mandate to all y'all listening to this. Do it. Put that in your bio. It obviously will deter the right people and it will, (laughs) has for me attracted the people that I am will can hold a conversation with to yeah. be honest yeah i th- well i think that goes in that may also go into a conversation yes of like this person potentially um i'll say growing their community to maybe in in Include more men who or people who do not necessarily fit into this sort of standard. But the the only other thing that I can add to this is just like I'm five foot nine. I'm a one hundred percent bottom, as we know, and I love getting dominated and like topped by short guys as well. Mm-hmm. So so I just feel like like I mean I'm not a super tall bottom, but there are there are you have a space, and there will be people who will specifically not even just be like oh it's fine that like he's a tall bottom. I mean, there will be those, but there will be people who will be like, I love a tall bottom. I love dominating a tall bottom. And for people who really want to be dominant, a lot of times, that's actually hotter to dominate someone who like, just on strict appearance, that person would be expected to be the more dominant one, which is what we think of when we think of height. So there will be people out there for you. What we really need to do just as a community is, you know, Abolish tops. It's just pop. <laughs> tops do not deserve do not agree. rights. I they don't deserve. You know, I'm a big fan of. I, um, I do caged, not endorse this. Cage jock only tops. Um, oh really? With a with still in his chastity device and with um, a strap on. So it's like oh, you can only top by pegging. Ooh. And I think this is the way forward. That's hot. If you want to top, chastity it up. Put on a put on a dildo. Go to town. And also this part of the question that says, can you give me some guidance about being a tall, thoughty bottom? And I don't know. I don't know how y'all feel this, but like sometimes in order to give yourself the space to imagine Mm. what your sexuality can look like, you kind of maybe have to see it. Mm -hmm. So just look at a tall bottom porn. Yes. You know? Yes. And be like, oh, this is hot, right? Yeah. And then then I think that affirms your... Mm-hmm. Your power, your sexuality, and your positions. We have two tall bottoms right here on this podcast. We do. That's right. two. Although Tommy is more met- metaphorically a bottom because yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like you don't like things inside of you. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, no I colonizers. Say, the number one way, the number one way that I have like overcome that, honestly, it's it's a lot of self-talk. It's a lot of like just saying, like, keep telling yourself like how sexy you are, mm-hmm. how fuckable mm-hmm. you are, how attractive you are. I say it all the time. I don't believe it half the time, mm. but it's the practice. But you fake it till you make it. Mm. That's right. Because mm. that owning owning who you are and owning what makes you different and what makes you unique and what some people have been like, oh, that's a detraction. Like when you own that, that can make that so that much more attractive for for other folks. And sometimes that 
can make other people realize, oh, actually, this thing that I thought I wasn't attracted to, I'm very attracted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next question. The other day, I discovered my partner of two and a half years, M, has broken my trust. Yeah, he's a man. <laughs> I mean, that sounds right to me. Yes. Uh, he, him. <laughs> he's been intimately messaging other guys online, I found out via likes and comments on Insta. I confronted him, and he assures me he hasn't cheated physically, but he's gotten away on he's away on work trips, so I can't be sure. Upon confronting him, he told me for a while now he's been feeling confined in our relationship, too comfortable, like companions rather than lovers, just going through the motions. I don't disagree. I'm sexually frustrated after months of no sex, and he barely wants to touch or even look at me anymore. This has been killing my self-esteem and initially sparked my suspicions of his infidelity. M tells me he's reverted to contemplating his decision two years ago to leave his long distance boyfriend at the time oh, for me. Oh my God. Oh my God. He isn't so and hurtful. Per- he isn't and perhaps never was sure if it was the right decision and has some regrets. He's since been comparing the two of us, a comparison I find unfair given I don't have his ex- ex's immense wealth and privilege. But I do think our relationship has been deeper, more loving, and more committed. M grew up deeply poor and traumatized, so financial security is a must for him. Triggered. M also told me that I lack drive (gasps) and ambition, traits he shares with his ex and deems wildly important. He's a little older, 41, and very successful in his career. I'm 32 and still figuring out what I want in my life and, and, and my life and career and how to get it. He could support me in this, but I honestly believe he's too selfish and focused on his own goals. Goals. And if it came between his career and me, I doubt I would come up on top. Yikes. M thinks we need time and space apart, something I'm tempted to agree with because I've also lost my sense of self and independence in this relationship. M wonders if we could ever be everything to each other, especially as gay men, and thinks having our own separate spaces and perhaps engaging in an open relationship could be good for us. I'm hesitant. More black and white, traditional and monogamous. I want someone to be with me and only me. But is that realistic? Am I asking for too much? Oh. I, I feel like there is a wow. res- there is a resounding point that I think we can all agree on, which is break up with him. Dump him. Yeah. Break up with her. Dump the fuck out of this oh person. God. I don't even know how to elaborate. If it's even worth yeah. elaborating, like I can't even begin the red to flags, tell you how bad it is to, it, to be compared to someone else in a relationship. Period mm-hmm. is a really oh, fucked up thing to do, but even more so to do with an ex that you are so openly hung up on. This person is toxic. I think yeah. non-monogamy a great a great avenue yep. for a struggling relationship, but not this one. Not that this, is, there's this is nothing. There, this person is is in pain. This person yeah. is fucked up from whatever they went through over the last like five six years, and that has nothing to do with you. And I want to be very clear about something the problem here is not the infidelity the messaging i think it's very healthy and normal to flirt in dms or yep. on text like that is not to me actually a real rupture if you it, communicated it that with on, your partner on the confines of the relationship right right but i think that's you know to have little crushes on other people to do little flirtings online my goodness it's like that to me is not the red flag here mm-hmm. um that your partner's doing that and maybe you haven't communicated about it properly but that this this it seems like this person makes you feel bad about yourself yeah. consistently <laughs> like, consistently. And, consistently and and you it seems like you both are acknowledging that the relationship is not working and you are both trying to hold on to it's like you're both 
both trying to hold on to something that is burning your hand Mm -hmm. and you're too afraid to let go because of how bad it might hurt, but you're Mm -hmm. continuing to hurt yourself Mm -hmm. by holding on to that. And this is probably, I've been in this type of relationship, not exactly this one, but I've been in the relationship where everyone looking from the outside would be say, break up with him. Mm -hmm. And I know how hard that is. This person who wrote in this question is not happy to hear us so conclusively say, this relationship needs yeah, to it end. Hurts, it hurts. But that is it's it is so painfully abundant upon reading this. I would like to point out something in the DNA of this relationship that flagged me. And it says, M tells me he's reverted to contemplating his decision two years ago to leave his long distance boyfriend at the time for me. So he has left someone yeah. for you mm-hmm. and he's putting out the feelers. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, Joe, ex- I'm saying like you and I have experienced um, years long abusive relationships. Yes. And and the oh. thing about that is like you uh, relationship brain, different brain from single brain, yes. mm-hmm. completely different yes. chemistry. It is literal science. It is yeah. oxytocin and um, whatever. What's the other one? Oxytocin and ribo. What is it? I don't know. I was going to say riboflavin, but that's like cabbage. Um, but like it really is a, a chemistry. Progesterone? In your brain. I don't know. Something. Yeah, it's it's completely messy with your systems and only when you have gotten out of the water yeah. will you realize that you were drowning and i mm, really that's the only way i can put and it's, it it's gonna hurt because you have that that chemical brain of like you're you know you get addicted to relationships i don't mean that's always a bad thing it's like right you, your body gets it's used not to, your fault it's your body gets used to being around another person all the time sleeping in the mm-hmm. same bed sharing the same space it feels awesome um and it is when when you if you make the step to tell this person that you, you don't need to take a break, you need to end the relationship, it is going to hurt like motherfucking mm-hmm. hell. And it is going to feel like you're going to need to go back to that person be, to, to alleviate the immediate pain. It's like it's you're going to be in pain. It's going to hurt. I, I would just encourage you to remember that more is possible. And you're mm-hmm. saying you're 31 and you're trying to figure things out. You can find someone that will allow you, that will foster you figuring things out. That yeah. that, or you can do that on your own. You know, this person is holding you back, preventing you from getting to know yourself, getting mm-hmm. to know your goals, from being, you know, ambitious and creative yeah. and all the things you want to be. Okay. I just can't get over the part about this person telling you what you are, mm-hmm. as though they know you better than you know yourself. Mm-hmm. I. To me, like that kind of language and that kind of um, treatment is like very, very. That's gaslighty. a huge red flag for me. It's very gaslighty to me. It feels very abusive, and I just like to me. Anytime I hear that in any kind of context, my instinct is to be like, "You got to run, run the other direction." You lack drive and ambition. Oh, <laughs> just I would. All right. Well, this. Well, well, that's how you know you have a punchable face because I'm about to punch you. But <laughs> listen, that. Good advice time, over. Bad advice. Uh, Teams, you're a screenwriter. Okay, what is like a cinematic, cathartic way that this person could break up with this? Because like, let me tell there has to be something, like I I, I want like something triumphant. I want like, maybe like his head is like smashed in some food. Like, you know, the- the, Log into his Instagram account and and send really nasty, ugly pictures to all the people he was DMing. No. No, I think he should throw a brick through his window with a note attached to it that says, I'm dumping you. You. Oh, I, I like that. Yeah, a yeah, little yeah. property damage, just light property damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inconsequential, inconsequential. I suspect that once you're out of this relationship, you'll realize that being single is better than being with this person. Yeah, yes. it really is. Oh, I agree. It only you have to be out of it, and it'll yeah. take some time. It'll take some time to recover. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Hmm. 
It's time we got to the meat of our discussion, the thought process, spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And uh, Joe's got our pepperonis this week. Yeah, mini pepperonis. Uh, we're talking about adulthood today. So y'all, when I was little, 100, as, as, as Fran would say, a 100 billion years ago, <laughs> to me, the line be- between kids and adults seems stark. It was a big deal not to have sit at the kids' table at family functions anymore. And I just knew that when I would, became an adult, I would do the normal grown-up stuff. I would graduate from college, get a job, get married, buy a house, have a kid. I, I saw all that for myself. But because of choice and circumstance, I didn't do those things. I might have bills to pay. I might be almost 40 as I sit here right now. But I have never ever felt like a proper adult. I feel Mm -hmm. like I failed at the project of adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's just because things like homeownership basically don't exist anymore. I think the very notion of adulthood is a fiction, a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Life and identity are never stable, secure, fixed, no matter how much we might want them to be. I think I actually got fucked up as a kid by thinking that one day I would arrive at adulthood and now I always feel like I'm failing. Yep. So... To jump off, can we start, I mean, just Little Light Project, by redefining the markers of adulthood for queers in 2021? Are you an adult the first time a twink calls you daddy? Uh, Yikes. Oh. <laughs> it's happened to you, Fran. Don't pretend that it hasn't happened to you. Well, I mean, on a technicality, I've been called daddy my whole sexual life because... Bappy, like that's oh, what wow. boys call you, especially wow. boys that are kind of racist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like I've gotten puppies since like the dawn of time, and like, and it's especially triggering because I called my dad puppy, oh. and so I'm just like, not that, <laughs> like every time. And you know what's really funny? I'm subverting the topic here a little bit, but like, you know what's really funny is like only recently. Have I found Poppy so hot? Wow. With, with, when I'm sleeping with guys of color, of course. <laughs> uh, when I'm sleeping with my my twinks of color. Um, I, I feel like there is like such a, a home in that term, especially when mm. I'm sleeping with someone who is Mexican or Puerto Rican or Dominican or all of the kins. And I think that, you know, that has been such home for me. But last year, for the first time, when I was, you know, Fucking the brains out of some twink from WeHo. Um, <laughs> this sounds he, like hell. He I already hate the story. Did call me tw- daddy. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? I, Boner, stop. And it, 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 it didn't, you know what's funny? In the moment, I, it was actually hot. Like, I, I, I was, I was turned on because, because, you know, he was kind of my type. He was like pretty, he was short. Mm. Like, it, it, it was like in that moment, I was like, oh, this is so hot. But in hindsight, I was like, dysphoria. Like, this is, <laughs> no, not daddy. Like, this is not me. And like, I just like looked at myself in the mirror for like three and a half hours. And, you know, I, I, I have been called daddy um, when, when <laughs> topping. Uh, I also, I, I've always imagined that I look very youthful and I often get treated um, like I'm much younger than, than what I am. And like, I don't have the degrees that I have or the job that I have. So it's definitely a little triggering for me uh, in that way. But yeah, I thought it was actually hot with someone. And I feel like a daddy is more a mood than an age anyway. Mm-hmm. And it, and it comes with a certain type of top that uh, is is both um, going to pound you into ground veal and also um, hold you by the back of the neck while he's doing so. And so I think uh, that's like a nice, you know, that's something to aspire to. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I don't, you know, here's the thing. I, like you, Joe, I, I 
people think I'm younger than I am, I yeah. think not necessarily because of the way that I look, but because I'm incredibly immature. <laughs> you are so immature. <laughs> yeah, so immature. I'm, I'm staring at the Garfield. <laughs> Once again, it's my Garfield. There are actually four Garfields on Teams' notes Six right now. Six of them. It's the me. It's the me. That's the me. You know what I mean? That's the me. It's the meatball. But, but like, and it's weird because I, you know, I have this feeling that like I am aging, but I'm not getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, like I. Oh God, I feel that way too. Yeah, it's weird. Same. It's weird, and I. But but a part of it is the that it is like these these nuclear family heterosexual yeah. capitalist markers of adulthood, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. I don't aspire to have a partner. Yeah. I don't aspire to have children. Yeah. I don't aspire to be a homeowner necessarily. I never yeah. thought I could ever be one, but right. now I have a job that I actually think that might be possible someday in the future. But I want differently. I want for my career. I want to tell stories. And in um, that sense, I am very mature. You know, I have had opportunities and I have had jobs and I have had publications and I have had I've written for television. You know, so it's like I have accomplished so much more than I ever even imagined in my career. Have you mm-hmm. ever been called Daddy Den? No. <laughs> God. <laughs> producer, on producer Alex's face. Truly I mean, disgusted. Den is also can, disgusted. Can you imagine? <laughs> Oh Anyone my God. calling me daddy? <laughs> I, it has never happened. And I feel you would confident. Take a swipe at somebody who said <laughs> I, that to you. That would actually get me to hit somebody. Joe's always like, oh, I want to fight that person. I would fight that person. <laughs> I would fight that person. I have never been called daddy. I don't think I ever will be called daddy. But I do. You do call everyone daddy. I call da- everyone daddy. Yes, like, you do. If you She's fuck me, <laughs> if you fuck me, I will call you daddy. And it has nothing to do with age. It also really, in my mind, has nothing to do with masculinity. It is only that if you are hitting my spot right, that's just the sound that's going to come out of my mouth. Happens okay, completely to be word daddy. I am not it is, going it is to touch Freud on this one. Time. <laughs> no, do you remember? I mean, we, we will plug that. We will plug this at the at the end of the convo. But there, we did another episode about daddies, and we had this conversation. And Den was like, "Yeah, I mean, like you know, I don't think it's related to my father issues at all." And we were like, <laughs> "You're screaming, daddy, daddy, while you're getting fucked, and you don't think that's about uh, your." <laughs> Anyway, wow. so what, what would you know? I think there are a couple things happening here. Number one, we're queer, uh-huh. right? So heteronormativity is not necessarily going to give us the same markers as other people. Mm-hmm. But the economy has also changed significantly mm-hmm. for us and people younger than us, where a lot of these markers of what we would maybe traditionally call heteronormative adulthood don't possible. exist for even the yeah. straights. Like owning a home, retirement, yeah. not being in debt. I mean, is is adulthood is it is it the same thing as stability? Um, and if if so or if not, is it something to even aspire to? Mm. I mean, I had like a I had a, a financial advisor that that I worked with last year, and like on our first call, she was like, "Well, what's your money trauma?" And I was like, "Oh, god. oh my god!" And she was queer, queer financial advisor, like that. That I think it was like a big yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god!" Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that there that we talked about home ownership, we talked about retirement yeah. funds, and I said to her, I said, I said, I was like. Look, I know you're going to tell me that I need like a Roth IRA or a 401k or whatever, and I don't know how else to tell you this, but I would rather have $1 today than $10 tomorrow every time. Oh, my I, God. I, I do not want to – I don't want a bunch of money when I'm old because like uh, if I can't work – 
just kill me. Like, oh, I, just oh, kill me. I, I don't want that anymore. Um, all of y'all are wincing and cringing up this terrible financial mindset that I'm, but what I'm trying to round to a point <laughs> is that- I'm on this ride with you, baby. I believe yeah, you. you're on this ride. Yeah. Thank you. What I'm trying to round out is that, like, I think that queer people, queer marginalized people have this tendency- to be very allergic and afraid of bureaucratic processes mm -hmm. and be, and I am someone who like, if I don't have to look at my bank account, I will not. If I don't, <laughs> and I have, I have a, uh, every time I get a bill, every time I get tax documents, anytime I get something, a mail that looks a little scary, there's a cabinet above oh my, my oven yes. that I put all the papers that are really important that I would never want to see ever again. And mm -hmm. it is, it is, <laughs> it is not a good practice, but it is something deep inside me yeah. about bureaucratic processes. And I know that that's especially true for trans folks when you're mm -hmm. trying to navigate transition, public transition, ID changes, all this different stuff. And, um, and thinking about retirement with, for people for whom the future is not promised. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. also hearing the stories of like retirement funds, like, getting scammed out of your retirement yeah. funds and all these all these systems that we are forced to use which like I do have a for I do have a Roth IRA I am saving money for retirement don't good, worry baby, good. I was I was but I was, I was getting worried I have a savings account I have like stock all the whatever like it's like it's like all these different things you you are forced to participate in them you know what I mean like mm -hmm. I don't want this but these are how this is how our structures are and that sucks mm -hmm. I've started to think about in, in, in considering adulthood and like Fran what you were saying about like retirement and stuff like that who's gonna take care of me right yeah yeah, right. yeah. yikes yeah that I is, think about that because I was talking with my tax lady and she was like um, she was like huh well you know it's been arena, shout out to Arena um, I was like she was like oh but you know if you want to think about retirement in the future because like you're what in your in like mid 20s and I was like uh, uh, Arena I'm 37 she was like oh <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll be 38 this year. The she way was like, she fixed her face. Yeah, she was like, so you have about 20 years. And I was like, Ooh. oh my <laughs> God. She was like, you have to think about retirement. And I was like, do I? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Because yeah. I love I'm, Irina. I'm gonna have a, a a very adult conversation right now. Compound interest is your friend. Yes. Uh -huh. Queer folks out true. there, you need to hear this. You need to put it. it doesn't the it's a, the tiniest amount of money? Thirty five years it, at the very beginning of your career because you earn interest on interest on interest. It's capitalism. It's dumb. It's a fucking slot machine. It's fucking idiotic. That is how it works. Mm -hmm. If you want to retire, start putting some money in. The second you can. The it, second. If you want to retire, listen to a financial podcast. Don't listen to <laughs> I mean, this one because we're here to talk about queer trauma. Queer trauma. Getting it up the butt. Just <laughs> go find Susie Orman. I'm sure she has a podcast somewhere. But no, but actually, compound interest is compound your friend. Compound interest. Stop I, it. Yeah, it is. This is my it, trigger. I think. <laughs> Incredibly I, <laughs> shocking to hear me say that or to even think about the fact that I might know what compound interest is, wow. but I do, yes, and it is your friend. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hard right turn. Oh, what were you going to say? <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. You got the floor, Ma. <laughs> Hard right turn. Do y'all want kids? No. <laughs> Joe wants kids. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to say a few things, but not everything. I, um... Uh, was supposed to have a kid this year, um, and uh, I'm processing the fact that that is is not happening in the way that I thought it was going to. Um, I very badly want kids, and it is a messy 
process to do it ethically and queerly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it has been really hard. And one of the things that's been really hard about it is that um, I feel like I lost a child because I did. Mm. Um, And there's not a lot of – uh, there's not a lot of spaces. There's not a lot of people who have been through what I, what I've gone through. The sort of uh, twists and turns of my journey um, with parenthood, and um, I have a really hard time uh, talking to people about it and figuring out like what what I should be feeling um, with the the loss of of the situation. So yeah, I mean I've I've always always wanted kids, and and one of my big things is like oh when I have kids I'll feel like an adult, um, and I always. My parents really want grandkids, and one of the reasons why I always felt a, as a, a failure as an adult was that I wasn't having kids, and that was probably the biggest thing um, that you know was sort of expected in the heteronormative family that I came up in. Um, and I, you know, I'm trying to interrogate like how much of my desire to have kids is that fucked up heteronormative um, expectation? How much mm-hmm. of it is my f- fucked up narcissistic belief in uh, you know raising? something that will reflect my worldview how much of it is my desire to have someone to take care of me when i'm older how much of it is my desire to um create something awesome with my friends Mm -hmm. um but it is oh man that child rearing stuff Woo! it is deep i mean i was not ready uh, for the level of um, profound feels and griefs. So maybe that is adult. Yeah. It is adult, yeah. I think, to feel grief, to, to try <laughs> to do um, some of these huge things that, you know, the re- the reason that it's been so intense is that, like, you don't have a kid unless it's the right situation. Everyone mm-hmm. has think- to believe that it is the right situation. And if not everyone believes it's the right situation, you don't fucking do it, no matter how hard that is. So, yeah, Joe, ooh. it might not have happened this year, but it will. And you will be an excellent father. Yeah. And you will be a fabulous father. And I'm just so glad that you're not going to be my father. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you so much. Call Joe. me daddy. No, no, no. Oh, we love you so much, Joe. Like, I God, think that God, your God. story is, again, just a testament to the fact that the structures put in place mm-hmm. are not um, the ones that are going to create the model of adulthood mm-hmm. that we ideally would want. Mm-hmm. I think a lot about, like, I guess, like, the adults that I want to be. And <laughs> they are more often than not, like, really empowered single women. Give me like, a couple. I um... think about, like, Fran Leibowitz. I think about a ju- don't even. I, I think about Fran Lewowitz like living alone in a in an apartment filled with ten thousand books. White I think, woman mm, has a thought. Shut it's like, up. I, I think about I think about Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes, 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 I yes, think yes, about yes. Eartha Kitt. I think about these women who never needed anybody. And that's, I, that's pathological. See, see, but the thing is, Joe, it is the idea of the nuclear family, yes. the one that we hate, that yes. has conditioned us mm-hmm. all to say that Tracy Ellis Ross is a sad person. No, I the, don't think I know that you're person. not yeah, saying yeah, that, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. saying like to say like. It's, you know, I'm trying to, you know, say that, like, I'm someone who is constantly feeling like I'm going to die single, which is, like, you know, not a healthy mindset. But I do find refuge in, like, mm-hmm. knowing that there is a model of adulthood wherein all you have yes. is your yes. friends yes. and, That's and right. your That's books right. and it's your yeah. you don't have anybody and your personhood and your, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I, yeah, I just I found I've always found that so healing. I, I see that. Like as a model for adulthood, I yeah I ha- I have two sisters and a brother, and one of my sisters has gone through life single, like and I feel like I understood as soon as I graduated from college, I was like, 
there are so many different models of adulthood and this whole aspirational family thing. That's like what I'm supposed to want. And like, I feel like when I was in college and high school and I was out and, and gay, people were always like, Oh, you can like people's first thought was, Oh, well you can still get married or like in some states right, you can exactly. still get married and you, you can still have a kid. And I had this model in my life, like very close to me that was like not doing it that way. And I think it freed me to, from an early age, really feel like I could give myself permission to think through whether or not I wanted kids, whether or not I wanted a partner. And I'm still sometimes thinking through those things. Like I, um, I actually similar to Joe, um, last fall went through my own fertility journey, um, and was trying to help, um, two friends of mine who are a lesbian couple make a baby. And we had a lot of conversations for many months. There were many therapy sessions about um, this whole process and the role I wanted to take because we were very open to me potentially being more like a sperm donor and me potentially having more of a parental role in, in this process. Um, we tried for several months. And then when it wasn't working, I went and had some tests done and learned that while I am not entirely infertile, I don't, it's not, it wouldn't be easy for me to conceive a child. We'd have to really go through a lot for me to, for me to do that. And what's interesting is that when I got that news, I was like, I had so many different feelings. One of the feelings was relief. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and one of, and another feeling simultaneously was also a very deep, intense period of grieving this mm-hmm. potential child that could have been. Mm-hmm. And um, it was all coming to a head also with my decision to transition and thinking about as I move forward medically transitioning, I have to make some of these decisions about what I want to do and if I want to potentially have sperm frozen because once I take our HRT, I won't be able, I, it'll be really impossible. So one of the things that has kind of kept me going through this period in this moment is also the idea that like, for me at least part of my, part of my experience of adulthood is this really serious um, idea that like I can have conflicting feelings at the same time about the same thing. Mm. And like when, when my feelings and my experience are that complex, how do I discern how I want to move forward? Because Multiple things may be true at once, yeah. but oftentimes I can only take one path forward. That's and right. it's like, how yeah, do I navigate sure. that? That's right. There's like this, I, I think one of the things about getting older is understanding the the nuance, right? Like you're mm-hmm. saying, Den, understanding mm-hmm. the opposing forces and getting better at being a decision maker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And accepting that you're not going to be able to control everything. I think mm-hmm. I, I, one of the things I really want to talk about in this conversation um, for y- our younger listeners, we have a lot of younger listeners, is just the how, kids love us. Just, just how deeply fucked up my adulthood would have been so much easier had I not been made to feel like a failure mm-hmm. at, at it. Had I had I been told life is fucking complicated, man. And it only gets it doesn't get better. It doesn't get easier. The decisions you make only get more complicated and only have more people involved and more possibilities involved. And sometimes you have a million options that all have mm-hmm. plus pluses and minuses and you get yep. one motherfucking choice yep. and that is going to hurt 
it hurts like hell. It mm-hmm. hurts so bad. Yes. And you know, this image of adulthood that I had where you buy a house and you work a job and you have a it's just it just feels so like mm-hmm. that that complexity it just flattens and your choices just get easy and you prioritize the things you're supposed to prioritize. That was always a lot. And my parents didn't really show me the internality of like our family dynamics a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that hurt too because i expected you know i thought that their relationship was simple and i'm sure that it isn't it's a fucking marriage Mm -hmm. i i didn't have anybody with the vocabulary or the literacy to tell me that Mm -hmm. you know the emotional Mm -hmm. or like i i i don't i i i know that the people who i come from wanted the best for me Mm -hmm. but they didn't know what that was yeah they couldn't have imagined Mm -hmm. it yeah and i think my you know my parents had this white heteronormative notion that we sh- it's it's it protects kids to shield them from the conflict oh god mm-hmm. um and that of course like kids should not be thrown in the middle of traumatic conflict that doesn't involve them at the same time if you pretend everything is always hunky dory mm-hmm. the child doesn't learn healthy ways to deal with complex conflict between life partners or friends because or they whatever. pick up on it of, yep. and of course you pick up on it and of course you don't understand it it's like it's like i actually don't know what the right way to model conflict in a relationship in front of the children of that i, I literally don't know what that looks like i don't think we have a lot of good models for that at all mm. i think that you know joe you're touching on like i don't know if y'all have ever read how we show up by mia Birdsong, but she has this it's a real it's my favorite book that i read last year but um you know she kind of like interrogates the exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about which is the idea of the nuclear family the two parents kids a woman that takes care of those right. kids you own a house you live in a suburb you have yeah. both have, you have a state there's a stable job all of those that that you know, we have like in the kind of idea of the American dream, we have all believed that like that is the be all end all like that is the best possible thing you can achieve for adulthood. But that is actually such a lonely experience. Oh, my goodness. To, mm-hmm. to believe that you as that nuclear family unit are complete, like do not need anything That's else right. is such a lie. And I think that right from the start, just as you said, Joe, just as we all said, like it is to our benefit to you know, lean into queerness to know that that is a lie and that we do not have to, you know, partake in these like hegemonic hierarchical structures in order to like live the lives that we want to be. And we can be talk about the hierarchy, baby. Yes. And we can like, you know, we we could all like, if I want to like live in a house with nine, nine of my best friends and I like fuck two of them all the time. And like that, we have dogs and a farm and like, you know what? Like Mm -hmm. paint the life. That is your dream. That is your dream. No, that's not, I don't want to live with people. But like, uh, (laughs) like, what I'm trying to say, you don't want no man in your house. Yes, yeah. exactly that, Dan. I yeah, it's just paint the, the image of the life that you want. Mm-hmm. You deserve that. It's so hard to know what you want when you haven't seen any healthy models. Yeah. And I think that is that is what um that's what we're trying to do on on this show in yeah. part is like our lives are messy and fucked up, but we're honest about them. Yeah. Uh, and I I hope that you know, we share our lives with each other and like watching Teebs do what Teebs has done and Fran and Den. Like I've learned new models of being from from y'all uh, for, you know, the way that we take on creative work, the way that pre- we prioritize friendships, the decisions y'all made to move out to Los Angeles, which is so brave. Like moving to Los Angeles mm-hmm. to further your creative work is something that I'm too afraid to do for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I've had those options at times in my life and mm-hmm. I felt very conflicted about them, but I haven't taken them because I'm, I'm afraid. So, you know, I think we're all this sort of. 
um, you don't just learn queer family from you know uh, the models we grew up with. You don't, you do definitely learn it from your friends, and we're all. Mm-hmm. Just trying the best we can to do it together. I mean, we just yeah. are trying to model the lives we want to live because we don't know what they look like. I think, like, sort of with that, because I know that you're right that in a lot of ways we don't have these models yet, like, in our society. And, like, we may end up being the ones to model them. And I say that when I say we, I mean us, but also, like, our listeners and all of you. Yeah. But it's like when when we so – it, so it's like how do we move forward, too, then when we don't have these models? Mm-hmm. And it's like the only thing I can think of – is like following our instincts and leaning into the things that we're doing right now that are working. Because for so much of us, we have to remember that like we already have like made decisions and moved forward in ways and we didn't have models for those yeah. things. Like as queer people, um, as people of color, as as liberated people, as artists, like we have already done that. And so it's like following a lot of those same instincts and leaning into the things that that are working because like all the future has to be potentially is more of that. Mm. To end, I have a question and it's going to be controversial. This might end the podcast. I Uh-oh. want us to rank from number one to number four. Oh no. The most to least adult people uh, at this table. Well, Tommy's the least. <laughs> no! I, I, oh, wow. I feel like Den might be Den, Den's no. avoidance of no, doing the because, things. No, because Den is a wife. <laughs> Den Thank is you. a Thank wife. You. She wife. is ready, locked, and loaded. She is, Teams ain't ready she for is, nothing. Uh, 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 I, Fran I think is you're definitely the, the most adult. One. No, Fran no, is the most adult. You want Fran? spreadsheets and her ability just to get shit done. Fran is like like the Virgo, you know, da, 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 like just, just a task mess. No. That is a great it should be you. Time, I really always think, present, I getting think, things done. I think Fran and Head Joe are charge. pit bowling for the top, and Dennis and I are pit bowling for the bottom. Yes, that's awesome, that's awesome. I 100% that's agree. Fran. Joe, if only you would buy a fucking wallet, you would yeah. be on the top. Yeah, you lost. That's right. Joe yeah. you still would be on doesn't the have a fucking wallet. I have a pile of cards. I like my pile of Look. cards. It represents my relationship to capitalism, and that is that on that. That's so gross. I say it when I, I say it. I, <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. Uh, let me tell you, I, I mean, you may not have a wallet, but, you know, I have intimacy issues. So that is that's true. When, we, so when we both work through those I'm, things, I'm, maybe I'm, we can. I feel like emotionally I'm the most adult. And then practically, I am somewhere. I don't know if I would dead. describe you emotionally as an adult. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I also agree. <laughs> no, I would agree on anyone. Um, <laughs> but I commend point. you for that. You know, like self delusion. Just as Jen said, you know, lo- fake it till you make it. Fake <laughs> it. Till, yes. I'm feeling full, but like I could fit one more thing inside of me. Den knows what I'm talking about. Oh, oh, oh. And the cherry on our top this week is pets. Go with it. Yeah, so I, you know, (laughs) this is Joseph Ho Osmondson. I am an adult in that I am a pet daddy. I have to say having a pet in quarantines has been the most healing, Mm. the best, Mm -hmm. something to focus on, someone to grow with, to earn, earn trust, to, to care for just that process of care and the cuddles and the snuggles. We have producer Alex here because these three idiots do not understand how amazing pets are. And (laughs) I love love dogs. I plants. Some of them are dead, but I have them. Producer Alex, can you talk a little bit about soul? I would love to. That's my favorite subject. Soul just, just turned two. Soul is a Taurus. Like, oh, like, really? Yeah, Soul's a Taurus, like Fran. Aww. Um, and Soul, I mean, 
how else can I put it? Every day is better because Every I have soul in my life. It's a cat. Like, it's a, yeah. She's a cat. She's, Love that. She's a cat. Well, yeah. she's she they. Well, she, she was <laughs> son. She's she they. She's she they. She. Well, no. When Soul was born, they thought she was a boy, and then it turned <gasps> out that she was actually a girl. So now so she's it's like intersex? she's she they. She's basically intersex. Oh wow! Raised by dogs. Raised by dogs. She was discovered what? by a dog. She's interspecies and yeah. interspecies. Oh my god! So queer. Wow. No, she was literally she was a abandoned by her mother mm. and um, a dog rescued her and brought her into the house. They thought she was a mouse. Oh my God. And then they nursed her back to health with a bottle and wow. it turned out to be a cat. And she was son, but then we moved to Mexico and now she's sold. Oh my God. Uh, I love so, it. So Max, yeah. Max um, we adopted him in July. It was in that time in the pandemonium when it was impossible to adopt. I cannot tell you. I made him yeah, a full-time job for a fucking month to get a dog. And when we met him, he was so, so he came from a kill shelter in Tennessee, mm-hmm. was bussed up to um, a shelter, a non-kill shelter in New York, went to quarantine, went to the shelter, went to a foster. This dog, poor thing, was traumatized. But the second we put him on my partner's lap in the car, he was just home. And that was it. He came into our apartment and just trotted around. I mean, he still is – the the most fun is to watch this dog that could have been killed, um, that was so traumatized by literal abuse. Like, we know him well enough to know, like – he was in a family that beat him over food, beat him from like being in the kitchen. He won't come in the kitchen when we're cooking. But little by little, like at first he was afraid to eat his own food. At first you could see that anytime this dog felt pleasure, it felt like it was going to get hit. And mm. we have given him a space where he doesn't feel that way anymore. He now feels happy and feels pleasure and takes treats and is just the joyful, smartest, most cuddly little boy and it just is like he has saved us and is just you know he cuddles in burrows in bed between me and my mm. partner he's in LA with us now because we wanted to give him the experience of traveling he's very afraid of strangers so we wanted him to continue meeting more people and getting more socialized it is just I oh I want to cry and explode he's 10 out of 10 recommend oh, getting a pet a million out of 10 <laughs> it is it is, and it, for those of you who feel like you can't take it on, I mean, it is a lot of work. Cats mm-hmm. less so. Cats, Cats less, so, less so. But it is just the most rewarding and gracious and loving yeah. work. I'm so, I oh, agree. I love him so much. I mean, so actually, I'll just say full disclosure. I, al- I actually also almost adopted a dog like two months oh ago. It would not Came, have survived. It would not have survived. That that came happen. very close um, to adopting this dog. And I, when I decided not to... I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. But my new goal is that in a year or two years when I do want to do this, that I will feel like I can take it on and manage I feel, I feel it. Like, D, I feel like a cat for you. A cat no, I hate is cats like, and I'm very oh, allergic to okay, them. Okay, never mind. Never I've mind. also owned a dog before and taken care of a dog, actually, oh, in oh, my childhood oh. and teenagers. Oh, okay. It's well, just, okay. to, But as okay. an adult, independently, I haven't. Mm. And so I, I know what it takes. This is your to, marker of adulthood, D. It yeah. all comes together. So literally, I was like, you. I'm not ready to do this right now. But a year from now or two years from now, I want to be ready to adopt a dog and parent a dog. And that's like kind of my new... Thing. I remain harder. unconvinced, but go with God. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of y'all. <laughs> if you liked this conversation, you can go back and listen to not one, but two different episodes we have on this topic. One called Zaddy Lessons. It is actually one of our best episodes ever, not going to lie. And another called Warning Adult Content. So go back, listen to those episodes, and enjoy. 
This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at Stitcher. Our producer puts the scissoring and scissoring Alexander the <laughs> Mom! <laughs> Where is the lie? Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or Joe watches one single movie. Oh, I've been watching more since quarantine. Okay. What else am I going to do I with my see life? I'll see when I believe it. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H E Y T E B S, on Instagram because I quit Twitter. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco on Twitter, Instagram, and also my newsletter. And I'm Den Michelle, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, but. Hold up, wait a minute, check things out because my handles, they are a change in. I'm producer Alex, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LSD Palma. Yeah, druggy. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you can scri- subscribe to our brand new and improved newsletter at foodforthought.substack.com for some extra delectable content. And check out our brand new merch, hats, tees, morally reprehensible thought goods at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thought spelled how? T H O. Five o'clock on the dot. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.